1: Howdy, 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 once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM radio, The Answer, on this beautiful Saturday, February 19th, 2022. Welcome to the show, my friends. Thank you very, very much for tuning in. Call your friends and tell them to join us because we've got a packed show today. We've got a great show for you today. Uh, Let me begin by reminding everyone, first of all, though, that our program is pre-recorded so therefore, no need to call the the station, no need to uh, phone in or anything. If you want to contact me, I'm all over social media. You're welcome to send me a note, an email, a carrier pigeon, whatever whatever you feel like doing. <laughs> and uh, so it is a pre-recorded show. Secondly, very importantly, I want to thank Border Hawk News for uh, being our sponsor. Border Hawk News is the leader, my friends, is the leader. Uh, for any information that you might want, any news, any information that you might want regarding borders, regarding uh, immigration, regarding migration patterns. They are the ones that uh, can provide any and all information. They are our sponsors. We thank them for uh, everything they do to support us. Okay, so let me, uh, let me um, talk about the, um, let, let me tell you who our guests are. Uh, first of all, We've got uh, our good friend, uh, Attorney General Ken Paxton is our first guest. Uh, he's going to be chatting with us about two, uh, two minor, I- well, two issues that uh, he's got going and a very, very big one that I think that all of you need to listen to because uh, it is very, very critical to our, uh, to our future. Uh, he's going to be talking a little bit about the issue of uh, the uh, judgments or the, the uh, suits that he's brought against uh, Facebook. And that he has also brought one against uh, the Biden administration over the uh, demand that the, that we use face masks at airports. Uh, my ma- my friends, uh, wearing a face mask at uh, at the airport uh, is ridiculous and ironic, particularly when we go to the airport and we see unmasked, unvaccinated, unknown, illegal aliens uh, being transported on planes. Uh, you know the hypocrisy of this of this. Uh, administration is absolutely outrageous. It really, really, truly is. So, um, you know, I'm glad that the the, uh, attorney general has brought a a lawsuit about that. He is also going to be talking to us. And this is something very, very important to us, my friends. He's going to be talking to us about the situation, This situation with a ruling that was given by the Texas uh, Court of Criminal Appeals. This is the highest court in the state, kind of like our version of the Supreme Court, this court back in December ruled that any lawsuit, any uh, any allegations of uh, voter fraud had got, have got to go through the local district attorney. They do not go through the uh, attorney general. Now think of this, my friends. think of this. Here I am sitting in Bear County. and in Bear County we have a George Soros funded district attorney. Now, you tell me, my friends, you tell me, if this guy, who is a George Soros district attorney, is now given the power to determine and prosecute any cases of uh, any allegations of voter fraud, do you really, really think he's going to do that? Unless the voter fraud involves police officers and the Republican Party and conservatives, he is not going to lift a finger. He is not going to lift a finger, I guarantee. And you've got George Soros' district attorneys in Austin. You've got them in the Valley. You've got them in Dallas. You've got them in Houston. I, You know, you think that these people, do you really believe that these people are going to side with someone who alleges, who brings a case of voter fraud? I mean, to begin with, the Democrats don't believe there was ever any voter fraud. I mean, that's what they tell you. They tell you that over and over again. Can you imagine the amount of of, uh, of proof that you've got to bring to the table? Uh, this is very, very worrisome. So we're going to hear from Ken Paxton about that. Uh, our final guests, our other three guests, and because it is an election, there's an election uh, going on this year, I wanted to reach out to three very interesting ladies, very diverse ladies, who are going to chat with us regarding the issue of the of the elections and the issues in this election. We've got first of all Miss Kelly Perry, who is a uh, uh, a Republican Executive Committee woman uh, here in here in uh, uh, Southwest Texas. We've got Miss Pla- Mimi Mimi excuse me Miss Mimi Planas, and Mimi is president of the San Antonio uh, Log Cabin Republicans. And then we also have Miss Elva Camacho. Elva is a precinct chairwoman in Fort Worth, as well as uh, she is very much a hispanic and act, an activist in the hispanic community she is always out there recruiting hispanics out of uh, uh out of the community to become uh republicans so these three ladies these three three very diverse ladies are going to be chatting regarding what issues they see and what uh, uh how the the elections uh, are looking in their uh in their from their perspective so um without uh, i i you know, i hope that you will call Uh, folks and tell them to join us. Uh, We are very, very, uh, you know, uh, excited about uh, uh, reaching out to these folks, grassroots folks, and and interviewing them. So I hope that you will call folks and tell them to join us. So without further ado, thank you once again for joining us, my friends. George Rodriguez, El Conservador. Uh, You can, uh, we will post this program on our Facebook pages, on our social, in our uh, social media. Uh, And uh, you can access it at uh, KLUP 930 AM radio. Uh, At any rate, thank you for joining us, my friends. I hope that you will tell your friends about it. I hope that you will share the program, the link. Uh, So without further ado, let's go to our first guest, Texas State, uh, Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador on KLUP 930 AM radio. And we've got our good friend, uh, Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton. And uh, we wanted to uh, reach out to him because he's been really, really busy the past month um, two things that I wanted to ask him about and then a big one that I want him to uh, explain first uh, uh, Attorney General thank you very very much for join- joining us as usual and uh, tell us about this situation with Facebook and the masks mandate uh, at the airport
2: <laughs> oh, well George there's a lot going on thank you again for having me on so we sued uh, Facebook on Monday in East Texas because there's a provision in Texas law that says that if they're going to take a take from a consumer a biomedical identifier such as fingerprints or retinal scans or facial geometry a picture picture of your face and have it digitized and then use that for commercial purposes they have to disclose that to you they have to get your consent and they can't transmit it to anybody else without your consent in the case of facebook they have over 20 million texans on facebook i don't even know how many on instagram and they've been doing that if there are photos uh, of you on Facebook, very likely they've, they've, they've got your facial geometry without your permission. That's a violation of state law, and there are penalties associated with that. And the problem for consumers is, you know, if something happens with your driver's license number or your social security, you can change that. You can't change your face or your fingerprints or your, you know, retinal scan. So um, we've sued them, and I think we're going to end up having a, a big recovery for the state of Texas.
1: Excellent. And then this issue of the uh, of, of masks at the airport, tell us about that.
2: Yeah, so, as you know, the, the federal government, the Biden administration, I think it was February of last year, instituted uh, a requirement that all airline passengers wear a mask. And uh, also in transportation hubs, like railway stations and, and airports, you also have to wear a mask. And so we've sued the CDC, the Center for Disease Control, arguing that they don't have the authority to do this. There's nothing that Congress gave them the authority to do that relates to requiring us to wear a mask, especially since they've never proven... That they actually are effective and certainly the fact that they they say when you're on the airplane that there are criminal penalties associated with this the CDC cannot require a criminal penalty if you're not wearing a mask that would have to be done by congress and so we think we've got a good success a good chance of success in stopping these abusive practices by the by the administration
1: wow fantastic thank you for fighting for us now let me ask you about this ruling that came down from the state Court of Criminal Appeals back in December, uh, where they ruled that um, y- that uh, you could not prosecute uh, election law e- election fraud. Am I correct in that?
2: Yeah, it was shocking. I-, I would say the most shocking legal opinion I've seen from a court in my, maybe my lifetime. And what they said: the this, this statute was passed in 1951 by the legislature, so the Attorney General's office. Has presumably been doing this because the legislature didn't think local DAs wanted to deal with this because it's a very, you know, close issue to them, knowing a lot of these people. So, the Attorney General's office has also been prosecuting a voter fraud for over 70 years. This is a 9 0 Republican court, and they struck it down 8 1, saying the legislature didn't have the authority to, to uh, require the AG, the Attorney General, to do this. It's, it's a shocking decision because their argument was that. I don't, I'm in the executive branch, and I can't do a judicial function. In other words, I can't, take, I can't go to court in criminal matters. But a judicial function would also be the 38,000 cases we're dealing with on a civil side, and yet they didn't strike that down. So if their decision stood, first of all, I literally, if that, if that theory stood, the Attorney General of Texas would never be able to go to court on behalf of the state for any matter. The fact that they focused just on criminal is a little shocking. But what it means is the local DAs would then have to prosecute voter fraud. So many of the DAs we have in Texas, uh, some of them are funded by Soros in big, a lot of the big counties like Travis and Bear County and, and Harris County, and they're not going to prosecute voter fraud. So what it means is the next election coming up in November, it means open season on voter fraud. As much voter fraud as you want to do, likely not going to be prosecuted, and people will know that. It's going to be very hard to defend Texas from turning blue really quickly, maybe even as soon as November. That's why I'm trying to call people out and say, hey, all we can do right now is only, because they they waited until after the filing deadline to announce this, only one of the three that were up out of the nine, because they have six-year terms, got an opponent, a guy named Scott Walker, and his opponent is Clint Morgan. And I I can tell you right now, I'm voting for Clint Morgan because uh, we need to at least send the message that you can't do this to us, this is going to destroy the state.
1: So, so let me make sure that I understand this, because uh, if I allege, if I claim that there is voter fraud in Bear County, according to the State Court of Appeals, now Criminal Appeals, there uh, that the only person that I can that I can go to to uh, uh, argue this or to prosecute this is going to be the George Soros-funded District Attorney in Bear County. And, you know, forgive me, but I kind of doubt that he's going to be, uh, you know, uh, impartial to a uh, conservative. <laughs> I'm sorry.
2: Well, I, no, I, I don't think you're going to see him prosecute, but that's the whole point. These Soros the DAs were put there for a reason, as you know. Yes. There was a Democrat, named Nicola, Nicola Hood, who was there before, and Soros didn't like him because he prosecuted people. The same happened in Travis County. They they've put these people in the right spot, and now this Republican criminal court of appeals it, at the right time made this decision overruling 70 years of precedent and over, overruling the Texas legislature, over, overruling a provision of the Constitution that says that part of my duty is to do such things as are required by law. Uh-huh. What, things, what things are required by law? Those that the legislature passes. And so they literally ignored that section of the Constitution and made up this fiction that I can't be in the judiciary, which if you take that to its logical conclusion, no, no, no! Texas Attorney General could ever go to court on behalf of the state again.
1: Yep, exactly. Yeah, it's you know, and and forgive me, but that's what I thought that the role of the Attorney General was to serve as the. As it, the
2: it is. It, <laughs> it is in every other state. It is in Texas until today, oh, until December fifteenth.
1: So, what do we need to do to tell to tell these folks uh, these <sighs> these judges on the on the Court of Criminal Appeals?
2: Well, look, everybody has a First Amendment right to talk, including me. And, and if you want to communicate to your state reps and your senators about this, you should. I think it's very important. This is, I think this is the uh, the issue of a lifetime, at least for the state of Texas, because we will lose Texas. And once we do, we will not get it back. Uh, I know people are contacting their, the Court of Criminal Appeals because they, they are a statewide body, and they represent all of us, and they're elected. And people should vote. They should make their voices heard in this election uh, with the one person that just happened to get an opponent. And remember, they timed this strategically. There's no act to that. The decision came down right before Christmas, two days before, uh, two days after the filing deadline, so no one would know to run against the other two, and now uh, it could affect our, our November elections. and if, if, if somebody wants to commit voter fraud, they're going to know, hey, I can do pretty much as much as I want. And, and look, it's not going to be that hard to take the state if these counties allow voter fraud.
1: That's right. That's exactly right. And it seems like, uh, all, all, although it seems that uh, the the democrats and the uh and the news media don't seem to cl- don't seem to feel that there is any voter fraud it's out there we know it is we've seen it
2: i, well, I certainly can, have seen I, it. george i can tell you i'm prosecuting right now when i started in this office the legislature had we had funded one uh attorney for voter fraud we've got it up to hundreds of cases right now that presumably we get dismissed because we're not allowed to do this under the constitutional court of carl field and Wow, uh, one of those crimes you can commit with no no problem. It,
1: it, it's you know it's outrageous. It re- it really is. It's it's scary. It's absolutely scary. Uh, Attorney General, we're going to let you go. But uh, thank you for coming on our show, and we'll get you on again as uh, things progress or digress, depending on, on your point of view. <laughs> well,
2: well, hopefully the Court of Appeals We file the motion to rehear. I- I'm guessing they'll wait till after the primary because we've got this one justice who's up. It's a rule, and uh, they just need to know that the people of Texas are not in favor of So, thank you for having
1: me on. You got it. Thank you very, very much for taking time out of your busy schedule. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador. We've been speaking with our good, the good friend, the Texas Attorney General, Ken Paxton. Thank you very much. Hi, folks. This is George Rodriguez, El Conservador. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM radio. And I want to give a shout out to Mr. Tom Henderson, who is listening to us, apparently, following us in Wasilla, Alaska, of all places. Here we are sitting today, uh, and we're recording this on Tuesday. Uh, I believe it's going to reach 75 degrees here in San Antonio today, but I'm not sure. Tomorrow it, uh, I understand, it might reach 80. <laughs> so anyway, hi to our friends in Alaska. We've got a special guest with us today. We've got Miss um, Mimi Planas, who is the uh, president of the San Antonio Log Cabin Republicans. I wanted to reach out to her and ask her about uh, the election, the primary that's going on, as well as the election and the turnout, and uh, getting the voters excited because we just passed this past weekend had none other than uh, Ms. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez from New York come to town to uh, rally for uh, some rather liberal Democrats. So uh, Mimi, welcome to the show. What are your thoughts on this, uh, on this election this year?
3: Well, hey, George. First of all, thanks for having me. It's always such a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, you're awesome. love your show and everything you're doing over here. So thank you for having me today. Um, well, okay, so this is a super important election coming up. You know, we got the uh, primaries happening on March 1st. Early voting's already started for that. And uh, we have, you know, several, several uh, candidates vying for spots, important spots, you know, around here, around Bear County um at san antonio congress from congressmen to state reps and and county judges were busy 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 this election cycle as you know uh but george you know i I think it's super important that people start getting out there and voting and voting early and showing their enthusiasm for their candidates their party uh you know as you know i'm i'm super involved here in in local politics and uh Boy, you know, the, uh, the, uh, the excitement is starting to swell right now, and uh, I hear it from all over. Very, very differing issues are important to people, but amongst them is the issue of, of immigration, election integrity. Uh, those are the top two uh, issues that I know people are very concerned about, especially election integrity, uh, you know, the border, uh, securing the border. And and then comes the rest amongst them is also the economy, right? There's lots of issues going on, uh, and right now uh, more than ever, George, we got to get out there, man. We got to we got to vote. We got to get out there. We got to motivate people, and uh, and we got to you know just be there for them, whatever they need, right? And uh, that's it, you know.
1: I I was very very you know uh, a couple of years ago when we had a municipal election, I was very dismayed that only fourteen percent. Of the total ro- register re- registered voters, of the total registered voters, about eighteen percent actually went and voted. Um, I certainly hope that's not going to be a repeat this year.
4: Well, you
3: know, <laughs> I I not I hope not. Uh, I know that we've come a long way in in uh, in uh, getting out there and reaching people and and trying to get you know get across the importance of voting, uh, and voting early. And so hopefully we'll make a little bit of a dent in that. The 12%, 14 18% is just, you know, dismal numbers, right? We've got to do a lot better than that.
1: The issue of the economy is very, very critical. I mean, every time that, um, you know, I've been to one of your meetings as well as other meetings that I've been to uh, in the area of other organizations. Uh, well, for example, I just, I spoke this weekend, I spoke up in Fort Worth. And uh, I filled up my truck once, and it was ninety dollars.
3: Yeah. Oh <laughs> God. Yes. Yes. Well, we all see the the massive inflation going on right now, and that is a, a national phenomenon that what's happening right now. Seven percent inflation rate we're at right now, and and there's no signs of stopping. Uh, you know, the 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 killing of the Keystone Pipeline really did a number on on the on the gas pricing you know, deciding to stop the the drilling here, and there's just so many things that President Trump had put into place to ensure, uh, you know, low gas, uh, you know, lowest inflation, I mean, best numbers, uh, record numbers, you know, for all across the board, women, African-Americans, Asian-Americans, everybody, lowest unemployment across the board. I mean, the economy was truly booming, and... Boy, it takes a special person to completely turn it around in such a short month, in uh, such a short time. You know, one year it took this current president to tank us in the most severe way. So we got to get out there and we got to take this seriously. We got to say, you know what? Enough. I went to, George, I went to the grocery store the other day and I couldn't find my favorite bread, right? Oh. <laughs> now, not only could I not find my favorite bread, I'm walking up and down the aisles, and I'm seeing these massive empty spaces, and I'm thinking, oh, my God, you know, Fidel Castro would be happy.
1: I <laughs> know. <no>,
3: really? <laughs> he would be very proud of himself right now. For those of you who don't know, I'm Cuban, right? So uh, my family fled here from communism, and I'm the first American born here. And so to see this happening, it's crazy. I have a brother of mine who lives in Canada, and he went to the, uh, the truck the uh, truckers uh, stand over there. And he, he came back and he texted the phone. He said, I never thought in my life I would have to get involved in another revolution. Yeah. Right. And that's what's happening over there. It's a revolution. And that's what's happening right here. You know, those numbers they put up for Biden and uh, the economy and how that. that is just, that's just not the truth. You know, everybody's getting to that place where they're tired of being told what to do. Between the mandates and the economy and the, and, and the in, unsecure borders, I, I mean, people are starting to wake up, hopefully, hopefully.
1: Yeah, two things, you know, that I would like to add to that is is the situation, first of all, at the Ocasio-Cortez rally yeah. uh, on Saturday, there were a couple of folks who were uh, actually wearing Che Guevara uh, t-shirts. And then, on top of that, uh, neither at that rally nor at the Super Bowl did I see anybody wearing, or did, did I see very many people wearing masks. So, I don't <laughs> know. That's
4: how they that's how, it, that's how it goes
3: with these guys, you know. It's, uh, you've got to follow the rules, I don't have to. I'll set the rules for you to follow, but I'll do whatever I want, you know. First of all, for someone to wear give out a Guevara t-shirt and consider themselves freedom-loving and American-loving, and non-racist, and non-this, that, the other thing, is just a complete and utter fool, fool. Uh, I can give you quotes that, that Che Guevara said that are not kind to African-Americans, okay? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he, he, he did not take kindly to African-Americans. He didn't like them. And so when I saw, I, saw, I think it was uh, was a famous guy, um, famous rapper guy, I think it was Jay-Z. I think it was with a Che Guevara shirt. I just had to laugh at the ignorance that are these people. Massive, massive, massive ignorance, you know. And then don't even get me started on the whole mask mandate thing, George. We'll be here for the next hour. Yeah, that's,
1: you know, I I love it. I love it when you get going. Mimi, uh, we got to close, but uh, anything that you'd like to share with the folks before we let you go?
4: You know, I just wanted to say
3: that, you know, the urgency of getting out there and being vocal and being active in your community, and actually going to don't leave it for the next guy. Don't don't assume that the party's going to do this or that. That neighbor's going to do it again this year, and you got to be the one to get out there to so go vote, vote, take someone else to vote with you, right? To so remind people to vote. So we're doing everything we possibly can do, and and uh, you know I urge you guys to do the same. It's time to start fighting to get this country back, George.
1: You got it. Once again, my friends, we've been speaking with our good friend Miss uh, Mimi Planos president of the uh, San Antonio Log Cabin Republicans. Thank you, Mimi. Thanks, George. Have a
3: good day.
1: You got it. Bye-bye. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM radio, giving a big shout-out to our friends in Washington, D.C., and I've in New York, too. I've uh, got some buddies that have been uh, communicating with me uh, from Long Island, so hello to you. Um, I hope everybody's staying warm. We've got um, a good friend of mine, uh, Ms. Kelly Perry, and Kelly is uh, the new state Republican executive uh, committee uh, uh, chairperson in uh, for District 19 in, uh, in, here in Texas, and uh, that's the executive uh, governing committee of the, uh, the executive governing body of the Republican Party in Texas. So I wanted to reach out to her because uh, we have the elections, the primary el- elections that are going on right now as we speak. And of course, we're going to have um, the major elections, the general elections going on uh, in November. But I wanted to get uh, Kelly. uh, Besides being involved in politics, she is also a resident along the border, and uh, she has been a very, very much, uh, very much an activist of what is uh, of the border crisis. So, Kelly, welcome to the show. Give us your thoughts. Give us your thoughts about uh, this election, how important it is, and the issues that we're facing, particularly the folks along the border.
4: Um. Everyone knows that as of the um, the last election, you could see how um, the, uh, the border areas, South Texas, Del Rio, were, were flipping to red. And that is because um, the older people, mostly that voted Democrat for, for several years, um, didn't really realize all the changes that had come about through the Democrat and Republican Party. And that became clear. Going into the last election, and it's even more clear now. You know, they thought they were fighting for one thing, and then they found out that those people on the Democratic side were actually fighting for a lot of things that they did not agree on at all. Um, the election coming up, you know, it is it is so important to flip back the the U.S. House of Representatives. Um, everything that we are is is going to have something to do with that you know we've been at a standstill since um president biden made it into office um you know we don't have the majority to vote um there have been things that have been put into place that we we abhor we don't just disagree it's it's against everything that we are principles morals uh, our way of life, our, our religious freedom. They are working very, very hard to take everything that we have spent our lifetime and our uh, our relatives and family and other Texans and 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 other other people throughout the United States. But everything that they fought for and died for is um, is part of who we are and. If we don't take back the House and they continue this socialism agenda, Texas will only be, I've been saying for weeks now, a dust. It's going to be dust of what we've known it as. I've had people telling me that, um, you know, we'll just have to wait out these next three years and flip that president. And I am just, I I, I I can't believe the words. Those are out of Republicans' mouths because we can't handle another year of this. It's not sustainable. We keep hearing that people aren't paying attention. Um, the crime rate is so high in the United States, and people think uh, it was to fund the police. And in some ways, it is. Mostly, it's because all the people—not all, but majority of the people—are coming in from third-world countries, and violence is what they're used to. That's everyday occurrence to them. And we have brought them in, and they have become part of our everyday world. They um, have brought that violence. Um, Criminals from 151 countries have just been walking into our border, uh, through our border, and have been spread all over the United States. They've done a good job of spreading them all over the United States. Um, If we don't flip the House and get these bills um, that are being written by Congress passed, we as a country are in, in dire trouble, dire, dire trouble. We, the numbers, people have a tendency to not, people like to stay in their own world. They do. But the real world is that the crime rate, murders, highest in history, all crime across the United States, just not, not just the cities that we're used to it in, it's going everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. Um, people don't pay attention to those numbers. Um, you know, you can look at the Border Patrol and, you know, those people have to provide for their families. And those are usually, are usually you know, really good jobs knowing that you're out there defending your country and fighting to keep your family and your your, your Texans in the United States safe. So they're upset because they know without a shadow of a doubt that that's just not being done. And with that gate open, the things that have been allowed to come into Texas, through
1: Texas and into the United States. Let me let me ask you let me ask you about the issue of the drugs coming in because we have uh-huh. heard we have heard in the past week about the number of deaths across the country that have been caused by uh, fentanyl, uh, as well as this uh, issue of um, the uh, residents on the border that are you know that are threatened uh, on a daily basis uh, either by cartels or by uh, illegal aliens crossing their their uh, their property.
4: You know, when when the amount of money that's at stake with the drugs moving in, people become bolder in the way that they uh, treat the people trying to stop it. Um, it's it's a large amount of money. It's taken over the United States. Um, I, You know, we have been questioning federal government, and, and yes, DEA is federal, but I, I think we need to see numbers for DEA out of, let's start with Texas, and um, let's see those numbers like the way we see with the Border Patrol. You know, how many came in, gotaways, uh, smugglers, all those numbers. I, I think that we deserve an accountability by the drug enforcement agency and, and those around it to to show us the show us the numbers. Let, let's see how many you're catching. Let's see how much you're catching. Where are you catching it? So we know if it's making it into our big cities and um, when it's crossing from border to border through our country, where is it and where is it going? You know when they when they shut down a checkpoint in Texas for a day. I I I can't phantom it. I can't follow it. So much of the lawlessness. I cannot. I cannot accept in my heart in my mind. Because when they get those down, the the traffickers make a phone call, and truckloads start coming in and go through, and with no no one stopping them whatsoever, it's brought into to
1: Texas and the U.S. Let me let me ask you, Kelly, because we've only got a, a, a couple of minutes more, but. Uh, what are you telling people as you uh, travel around as a uh, state executive, as a, as a party executive, what are you telling people about this election?
4: There's... The, of course, the governor's race is huge. And um, with all candidates, everyone, our present governor, no, no exception, people need to pay attention to the Republicans that are in office, to the Republicans that are going into office. You know, to say that I authored a bill to do so and so means nothing if the bill was not passed. It means nothing. But the general population doesn't realize that. They don't they don't get that. And so they're like, oh, they're doing something good and They didn't do anything. You know, uh, Abbott's been good to Kenny County over the last few months. It took us a while to get noticed, but he he finally got the message and started helping us out, and we've been able to do some things. But people don't realize that just because Governor Abbott said he passed that executive order to remain in Mexico, that sounds great. Sounds good. I want it, right? But if nobody enforces it, what difference does it make? What difference does it make? So you've got to get behind those that understand what it's going to take, even if it means taking on the federal government. We have to do what it takes. And our elected officials, the now, the new, um, if they're not willing to do that, they they don't deserve my vote. They have to get out there. Um, I know that he passed... um, um, on the NGO, that they were, you know, they couldn't travel through the state. That was awesome, too. However, again, it's not being enforced. And that is our money, my money that I work for, your money. All these people out here are struggling to make can't meet, and you're handing just government. They're just turning around and, and passing it on to other people to make the border situation worse.
1: So what are you telling them? I mean, I, I know that you're, you know, you've got um, favorite candidates, but overall, what uh, what are you telling them? Are you telling them? Uh, I, I've heard some folks say, you know, it's not a question of just opposing the Democrats. It's a question of reversing the, the Democrats at this point.
4: You do. And, you know, people have a, it. And it's hard. You have to look for the real answers. You cannot depend on the, the TV. You cannot depend on just social media. You have to do your research on your present candidate. On the Democrats, on on the Republican president, uh, president candidates, and the ones coming in, are they establishment? Are they going to just keep doing what we're doing? Well, I'm sorry, but what we're doing is failing. <laughs> we have, and so if you want something different, you need to pay attention to what's really going on, not what some candidate tells you. You got it. He's going to do right. what he has done, and that's that's a big. It's hard now. You can't distrust anybody. You yep. have to really do your own
1: homework. Well, we've got to close, but uh, I thank you for taking time to uh, to be with us and to talk to us about uh, what is happening uh, with the election and what is happening on the border and how uh, people need to react to it. We've been speaking with our good friend, Miss Kelly Perry, uh, the uh, state uh, with the State Republican Executive Committee. Uh, here in South Texas. Thank you very, very much for being with us, Kelly. Thanks, George.
4: Thanks for all you do and for keeping up the fight.
1: You got it. Once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM radio. Hi, folks. This is George Rodriguez, El Conservador. Looking for information on immigration, borders, refugee resettlement, asylum claims, nationalism, and globalism? Go to borderhawk.news. Borderhawk.news has up-to-date information on these topics and their impact locally, nationally, and internationally. Borderhawk.news has the news that's not covered by the other media or websites. Stay informed on one of the most important issues in this country, immigration. Go to borderhawk.news. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador on KLUP 930 AM radio here in San Antonio. And we've got uh, a new guest with us, Miss Elva Camacho. And Elva is uh, a, um, a precinct chair and uh, election uh, judge, I believe, also. And she uh, is uh, based out of uh, Fort Worth uh, up in North Texas. But I wanted to reach out to her and ask her uh, her take on uh, the uh, elections on the twenty twenty two elections, as well as the issues that she hears and sees, and of course the Hispanic community, the Hispanic vote, because uh, she is very involved in that too. Elva, thank you for taking time to be with us. Welcome to the show. Tell us first okay. of all, tell us first of all about your um, uh, what you see as far as the elections and the issues. Uh, affecting the Hispanic community in in 2022 right now?
5: Well, currently, I find that the biggest issue in my county, which is Tarrant County, I live in Fort Worth, which is one of 19 cities in Tarrant County, is low voter turnout. And with our uh, culture and and ethnicity uh, being Hispanic or Latinos, uh, we make up 67% of the population in Tarrant County now, how many of those votes is probably about twenty-seven percent are that identify with uh, Republican with the Republican Party. Um, there are more that kind of identify with the Democrat Party, but for the most part, we probably have an estimated two, uh, as far as percentage wise twenty-nine percent were eligible of that 67% of the population to vote. Now with my city, I'm finding that I ran for office back in 2020 as a, I ran for state representative for district 90. My community was highly, highly Democrat community. Um, when I was reaching out and block walking, I mean, I took on that task, knowing that, and I had one of the biggest districts in, in Fort Worth, our voters were uneducated and it was very sad to me that doors and doors that I was knocking on of these eligible voters and voters that they were not educated as far as the tiers of government, you know, and I'm saying that like local, state, federal. So they were automatically telling me, you know, they wanted to shut the door on me, telling me They're not voting because their vote don't count. And I was like, yes, it does. And they say, no, you know, this is what I heard. And it was just hit me in my gut, George, because it was like I could not believe what I was hearing. A lot of them were telling me that their vote didn't count because the president runs everything anyway, that he's going to do what he wants to do. And it it was mainly focused around the presidency. And it being Trump at that time that I ran... They didn't like Trump. Uh, Hispanics didn't, you know, there's a lot of them that didn't like Trump in that dem- Democrat neighborhood. And when I had to sit, you know, I finally had to, you know, share with them that the president does not run Fort Worth. You know, we have a local, we have a local government in place. You have representatives that are supposed to representative, you know, represent you and the president doesn't have anything to do with this we vote these people in your vote does matter if you're not getting out there and voting then that in there lies the problem i mean i mean these people didn't know that if there was something in their alley that was you know trash or you know busted lights you know in their neighborhood their taxes all that stuff is you know stuff that you could call your representatives to get fixed. You know, they didn't know they could protest their taxes. They didn't know that, you know, they can get light bulbs changed or, feed, you know, their street fixed or, you know, just, you know, everyday things that you and I know. They didn't, they didn't understand that, you know, and that's why they never really were kind of, they felt like helpless because nothing was being done in their neighborhoods. And when I explain to them, and I use the, uh, the greatest tool, and, and I think every county has one. I hope they do, because I came across the county, Tarrant County Voter Lookup. And what that does is it—it it, it, you put your name, you put your date of birth, and it gives you everybody that is in your area that represents you. I used this tool when I ran, George. It was the best free tool that I had, where it gives. From your precinct, you know, to your state representative, loc- all your local government, you know, every- anybody that is in your area. And when they saw that, it opened their eyes. And I wrote a lot of those numbers down for the for the people that had phones. I saved it on their, you know, on their home screen that they could go back and, you know, share with their families. And I, I'm still doing that today. So I think what's lacking in our, in our part of our city is... The misinformation the, then, uh, that's not being understood, you know, with, with our government, with our local government and the importance of it, you know, that this is our livelihood, this is where our livelihood starts. And a lot of them now are realizing this. And these stats that I've, I've shared with you, these are back from 2019. We haven't even updated that here. You know, when you have a population of you know two, uh, what is it, two point one million, and that's that's from twenty nineteen. I'm sure it's a whole heck of a lot more than that now. And you have sixty seven percent of the population that are Hispanics in our county who are conservative. In my heart, what I've come across, and they realize from their from their output and conversations with them, there's something wrong. And I think that goes with you know, the, the, the socio-economical statuses of, of, of some people, the, you know, the neighborhoods that these politicians and these, uh, candidates and don't, don't hit up, you know, during voting season. And if they do, that's the only time you see them. You know, I've had people telling me, how dare they put signs in our, our, uh, vario? and they don't even come visit us. You know, and a lot of them, they just tear them down. And it's, it's, I, I can't even, I can't even, you know, imagine what they feel like because me coming back, me coming back, I was, I was away from Fort Worth for over 20 years and I came back about eight years ago and came to my hood, which is south side of Fort Worth. You know, I knew I, when I saw that, I mean, I, there, I definitely knew something was wrong and I started getting involved into politics and started seeing what was going on and that's what led me to run. The revenue is in our in our hoods, you know, but they get they get forgotten, you know, and our local politicians get complacent with low voter turnout because they're not advocating for us. They're not, you know, trying to make any kind of moves toward toward reaching out. You know, the only time you see them is during a voting cycle, and then they go away. Yeah, and that's very familiar with the Democrat Party as well.
1: It it seems. It
5: seems like that's that's where I feel like I'm trying to make a difference in every way that I can. It
1: it it seems like there needs to be uh, not only just you know voter education on issues, but there needs to be a civic education of of how government works because they don't understand. Again, I mean, I I I see the same thing in San Antonio and in the other communities that I go visit and speak at. It, is that there's a, a lot of concentration on the national uh, issues but they don't understand the local ones
5: absolutely yes yeah.
1: and and, and I, I
5: totally agree
1: you know and the constitution was written with the local government in with with grassroots in mind not with exactly. the, you know so mm-hmm. we, so we got to get them to the to the polls what about the issues yeah. i mean what are, what are the hottest issues that you hear
5: the hottest issues as far as um, voting, or and, and,
1: well, yeah, I mean, from the Hispanic community, what are they most concerned about?
5: They're most concerned with all the government that's being involved in them. And, uh-huh. and you know what I've been trying to tell <clears throat> candidates because I, I'm I'm really active in in the political realm here, and I share with them. And the ones that will listen, listen. The ones that don't, just throw it over their heads. Is you know, our our culture we are we are uh, conservative, very conservative, you know, and those conservatives are Democrats right now. Right now is the time when we should be recruiting them. But the fight there's fighting in in our within our own party that we have to fight these rhinos, which I call them because they are because it's like they're set on their standards. That they don't want to—it's like they don't want to share. They want their own little elite. They want to click heels with the people they click heels with. They—they they don't want to reach out, you know. And we're seen as the outsiders, the true grassroots. I'm talking true grassroots, and I say that people—you know—even with the candidates, true grassroots ain't got money to run. You know, it's when you talk about these rhinos, when they're—they're they're complacent at that high level, and—and and it's almost like a hierarchy where they could just. You know be in control and you know keep keep uh backing their recycled politicians that they put in office every single year then we get what we got and instead we should like i said this is a time right now when we all should be recruiting. you know democrats you know because they're pissed they're mad they don't want to you know with what's going on these latinos you know they that Truly, that they're, they're conservative anyway. That's right. Out of out of the majority of of the, that sixty seven percent that's in Tarrant County, I can guarantee you, our culture we don't we we don't want more government. We all the gas that you know we're having to you know pay the extra uh, for. Oh, that's what I hear all the time. The the food, you know, and the inflation, uh, the shortages, and yeah. all the stuff that's happened. They don't. They don't like
1: it. Yep. They like We need to. Well, we need. We need to close out. What? What? Um. What? In conclusion, what message would you leave us with as far as uh, the Hispanic community, the elections in your, uh, the issues in your neck of the woods?
5: I would share that. I mean, you and I, we're, we're, we're knowledgeable about what goes on in politics, and there's a lot of people that are knowledgeable out there as well. Get out behind that computer and go to visit your neighborhood and share with them what you're sharing on Facebook. I mean, you can be a keyboard warrior and type all the stuff you type, but that's not producing anything. It's just, to me, that's wasted energy. Get out there and talk that walk. Go visit your neighbors. Tell your dias tell your deals, tell your cousins, tell whoever it is and, and share with them. Show them how to go register to vote, you know, and, and keep them updated. I mean, this is a communication breakdown. This is a, this is a communication issue that we it. have that we need to, to reach out to our people. You got it. Yep. That, that's all that I could share for now.
1: <laughs> Thank you very, very much, Elva. We've been speaking with our good friend Elva Elva Camacho out of uh, Fort Worth. Uh, Elva, keep up the good work, and we'll be back in touch uh, later on.
5: Thank you, George, and keep up the fight, my brother. You got I'm to protect you.
1: <laughs> Thank you very much once again, my friends. George Rodriguez, el conservador.